Good day, everyone. I am Matt Harrison, and you are listening to the Geary Cast on Sport Direct Radio, the Malaga fan podcast for all the Geary's out there. So, for anyone who listened to my horrific intro to the match preview here last week, you know what is coming here. I was very upset after watching Malaga lose to Albacete this weekend, and it seemed that quite a lot of La Rosaleda were similarly upset too, as the full-time whistle was the cue for loud chants of Gwede Vettiar, Gwede to go, and Manolo Vettiar. We will look back on how the clockwork cheese ticked and Malaga creaked. Plus, we will look ahead to our game against Huesca this coming Sunday and whether Pablo Guedi will keep his job for much longer. But first, let me introduce two people who have a job for life here at Cast Towers. My fellow co-hosts, Chris Marquez and Nick Bell. Chris, how are you? I'm doing very, very, very well. Good, good. Not too upset to start with. Very well. Good. Did I say very well? I'm doing very well. Excellent. Excellent. My, my, very well. My bien. Okay. We've established that. Um, Nick Bell, are you doing very well, very well, very well? Nick Bell is very well. Oh, <laughs> um, maybe a lot oh, a less upsetting now than it was after the game against Albacete, let's put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, this this wasn't my aim to turn this into some sort of rhyming podcast. So uh, we'll try and uh, back away from that. Um, we'll start with the news, as always. Um, last week, when we recorded, the transfer window was slowly shut in, but we could still, you know, there was still a bit of a gap in it, and it was still open a little bit. Um, Malaga, we did speculate about Malaga making a sign-in, which they did the day after we recorded last week. Uh, Malaga re-signed uh, former midfielder Ndaye. Um, we'll perhaps talk about his performance, because he did feature this weekend a bit later. But uh, Chris, was you happy with this sign-in? Very happy, because he's like, I don't know, he's like a, a killer on the mid on the defensive midfield he will get every ball he's so strong i don't know you without i think with two or three trainings he already you saw what he did in the second half the only thing that i hated is i think nick you watched through la liga app as well is that the uh, that the commentator called him uh, endai all right, okay. That irritated me, like, like not a little bit, like 45 minutes long. That's the only thing I hate about his signing. Yeah. That someone would call him and die. To be fair, that's the commentator all over, really, when you've got those American on the La Liga app and it's just like everything's really super and it's a forward play and he's just like, will you shut up? I, I actually listen to it in Spanish more than I have in English. But it sounds like very weird if somebody continuously says and die <laughs> and now die <laughs> that's a, I hadn't thought of it in that sense because um, I was about to say that uh, you're putting a lot of pressure on us here to get every single name pronunciation right all the time which we should to be fair but I'm sure we dropped some clangers but yeah I see what you mean with um, and die um, yeah uh, Nick what did you make of the sign in apart from it being in, um, infuriating to listen to American commentators say his name, apparently. 
Uh, well, I think when he came on, he, he really showed his his value to this team. He, he was he was just a different level above, wasn't he? And I think I texted you guys saying uh, something along those lines as well. You can just see he's a different calibre of player for this level. So, uh, yeah, long may he play for Malaga and hopefully he'll be starting uh, this weekend. Yeah. Don't and... forget that he like was a key player uh, for Villarreal in the, in the past. Yes. Like he was before coming to Malaga, he was... Yeah, you see the difference. Yeah, he could easily play Primera División, if, if you ask me. He did well over in the UK as well when he signed for Hull, and I think he went uh, to Sunderland <clears throat> as well. You know, I think wherever he's gone, he's been pretty decent. So, yeah, I'm, um, I, I just think he gives us a bit of steel in that midfield as well. I think once he gets in there, there's no displacing him. Unless he gets injured or something, he's a first name on the team sheet kind of guy already. Yeah, I'd agree with what you both of you guys have said and and I don't think we had a midfielder like him before like we've got all these sort of you know pivots and defensive midfielders and you, I suppose the only one who's similar to him is perhaps Iskasi but I think he's a I don't know he seems a bit more mobile than Iskasi so yeah um I think as you've just said Nick I, I'd be very happy to see him in the starting 11 uh this coming weekend but uh We'll perhaps talk about more about his performance later. Um, there was an almost signing last transfer um, last Thursday. Sorry, when the deadline closed, uh, Juanjo Navaez. Uh, I for- see. This is what you've done. Well, look. We've done now, Chris. I forgot to write his name down properly. Uh, Juanjo from uh, Zaragoza, um, but it didn't happen, Chris. No, it was again like uh, an Antiveros case. Yes, he was. Um, there was an agreement with Malaga, and then um, Real Valladolid came and uh, said, "Hi, hi, we are a Primera División team," and then he joined them. Yes, that seems to be the case of what happened. That's basically it. Because um, I, I can't say I know that much about him, but he's attacking midfielder forward, and I think we could maybe do with one more of those as well. <laughs> the way we've played in recent weeks, we could do with one more of everything, I guess. But uh, uh, Nick, and any thoughts on that transfer at all? Or lack of? Uh, yeah, I think it's one of them. You know, you, you're getting a player who's coming from a, a club that is maybe in equally as much, I don't want to say turmoil, but obviously off the pace to begin with. I'd rather have gotten Alito from uh, yes. wherever he yeah. was. And, and this is the benefit of the free. Why didn't market. we sign him? What a player. Uh, that is a crazy sending. Yeah, it's uh, very exciting for them. Um, I always really, really liked him, actually. Even, even when he started at Man City, where he didn't have... The greatest success there. He, he just, just really tidy, neat, and yeah, just a yes. sort of player I, I, I love. I don't actually. understand it, but there's also still at the market because uh, they ended the contract with him. Sifu is also on the market. Why don't sign Sifu? Yeah, actually, that I, I was going to perhaps bring this idea up uh, when we talked about the Albacete game because I think I've said on. Uh, the podcast after we lost the last part, oh, when I was talking about the last Palmas game, even that I think we need more dynamic fullbacks. And I can't say I've seen that much of him at Ibiza, but I can't imagine he's lost that dynamism too much. So, Javi Jimenez was pretty, pretty dynamic, if you ask me. Yeah, I think so. I think there's still, uh, I, I think. There needs to be like another 
gear or another bit of pace there. But yeah, I've got no issue with having him. And as yeah, he's, he gets up there. I was going to perhaps talk about him in the next part as well because I was going to say a couple of things about him um, and his performance. Uh, Chris, the other thing linked to transfers, uh, Ricardo Ota, we thought was. Uh, going to move to Benfica from Braga. It didn't happen, and that would have got Malaga a big chunk of money. But we are still pursuing some money, I believe. Yes, because um, the contract is that if there is a good, um, if the club is interested and offers money, a good amount of money, that Braga should contact Malaga or in that way, because they have to decide both whether to sell it. But Braga never contacted Malaga. Which is a shame. Or didn't didn't have any contact with Malaga through the summer. So it's very strange what is happening at uh, Braga. But um, yeah, uh, our financial administrator said he was going to try and get some money out of it. Yeah, so I think I read the um, his uh, the players' representatives had been in Malaga very briefly, but nothing. Nothing major, so that uh, yes, asking for Malaga to push on the on the deal. Yes, that's what if I I that's what he said. I don't know. It's, oh, it's right, so. Such a mess. We we are never going to know the truth of the truth of what happened there. Yeah, so it's a it's a very odd sort of deal, like sort of a three way deal yes. we've got going there. But uh, we we would we would like some money because we 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 need some more money. Um, uh, just quickly on the transfer window, um, obviously it's closed now, but we can still sign uh, free agents, as you just mentioned, Chris, maybe someone like Sifu. Uh, Nick, is there any sort of gaps you still see in this squad where we need cover? I'm guessing the obvious one at the moment might be centre-back, with just, but that might be because of injuries. Is there any way you still think we're, we're lacking going into post-transfer window now? It, it's more the fallback positions for me. I think we are inundated with centre backs, and, and once they return from injury, we'll be fine. It's just this lack of depth in the right back and left back position. You know, we're really talking for true wing backs Juan Fran, uh, Javi Jimenez, and Victor Olmo. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we don't have a second right back and he's choosing to maybe play Bustinza or Romalo there, um, you know, I, I'd maybe rather play Kevin there if we can get him back. But uh, yeah, so maybe someone like Sifu, as you said, Chris, he'd be he'd be cracking, and then maybe someone else up top as well. Yeah. Like I think we've got obviously uh, a, a good catalogue of strikers, but I think I'd like someone just to come in and push Fransol and Ruben Castro because I don't think Loren is quite cutting it at the minute uh, as a solo but, backup. I have to say, but Manolo Gaspar said in his press conference Monday. That he's not going to sign anyone. Mm. Yes, I think I saw that too. But I, I was wondering if if there was a a good centre back out there on a three. If we'd look at it just because of the injuries we've got at the moment. But I don't think any of those centre backs are we out have, really we long. Have four term. of them. Yes, or even five. Yeah, but and I don't... with Escasi, you have six. Yeah, that's true as well. Um, but yeah, we're just unlucky that that we have four centre backs who are um, injured. Yes, I suppose so. That's, that's well, one one did recover and is available this weekend. Yes, I was going to bring him up later, but we mentioned. Uh, I'm guessing we're talking about Carol. 
Yes. Yes, which is, uh, we, we like Caro here. We haven't seen him in a while. So, yeah, I, I don't know if he'll play this coming weekend, but it's good to have him back on the training ground at least and building up towards a, a return to at least the bench and maybe even the start and 11, the way things are going. Um, just quickly to go through a couple of other little bits of news. Well, I have a bombasso. Oh. Like they would call it in Spain. I just don't know the right English word, so I Google translated it. A bombshell, I guess. No, not the bombasso. The the word. The okay. word for for the news. Okay. Breaking news? Breaking news. Bombshell, like yeah. Really break, big breaking news. Okay, go for it. But it's a rumor. Okay. According to Radio Marca, Altani has is on flea arrest. Okay. Like home arrest? Yeah, house arrest. House arrest. Yeah. Okay. Why does it make flea arrest? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So. Um, it's not a confirmed rumor that uh, Altani is on house arrest because of uh, the justice system in Qatar. Okay. So I don't know if it's linked to Malaga or not linked to Malaga. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's a rumor. A very interesting rumor. Very interesting rumor indeed. Yeah, we were going to mention Altani briefly because the um, the APA, the, what's the joke we usually make, Chris, the, the small shareholders? Small shareholders, but not because they're small, <laughs> but because they have a little amount of shares. It's a classic of the Geary cast jokes, but yes, uh, they they want uh, they're still pursuing him, aren't they? And want uh, international warrant on him. I think is what they're yes. after. So captura. E... I don't know. Oh God, it's something with captura. Okay, well there you go. So we'll watch this space. Um, Ari Altani. Um, uh, we were just talking about injuries. I think it's perhaps worth mentioning that. Uh, Adrian Lopez uh, had his surgery and it was the, all the tweets I've seen about it. It was successful. So we wish him a speedy recovery now and hopefully he can get back amongst the squad. Um, I think we spoke last week about him being a positive influence behind the scenes. And, you know, maybe if he can get fit, he can give us another option on the he pitch. Started- he started his recovery today in La Rosaleda. It will be a long, long time before he's. Yes. He, he can play again. Yes. Like we say that. I think we'll have a. Him and Ruben Castro will certainly be a, a veteran strike force if ever they get on the, the pitch together. Um, and talking of the sort of senior men's team, I think that's sort of all the news we got. But Chris, we do have news from. Our women's team. She was away for a while um, because she was working in a camping, but she's back. And how? I say, hello, mate. Everyone, the league is back for Mala Femenino. This Sunday, they will face Valencia B at 11 o'clock with many new things. The first of them is that the match will be played on the Rincón de la Victoria. The girls have natural barriers as their new coach. In addition, there have been many changes in the male players. Claude, Marina, Lorena and Judith have left. 
and new players have arrived at the team, such as Nazareth, a midfielder, Aguilar, a defense who was at Malaga, Maryland, a band player, and the last star signing is that of Felicide Hamiduch, a French midfielder with a lot of experience, who was named best second division midfielder in 2021. Finally, Marta Arias and Cristina Garcia go up from the Malaga B. And that's all. Hopefully, Malaga gets the first three points at home in this new Pacheway. Oh, lovely. Awesome stuff. So it sounds like a lot of change at Malaga Femenino, but hopefully um, it doesn't change too much in regards of success after a really good season last season. Um, and that brings us back to our men's team who are not having a good start to the season. So let's go and talk about that loss to Albacete. <laughs> Another match day at La Rosaleda, another without a win. That's now 10 months without a win at La Rosaleda for Malaga after suffering a 2-1 defeat at the hands of now table-topping Albacete. There is a fiery reception for Pablo Guede at the full-time whistle and now there is some heated debate about whether the Argentine should stay in charge. But before we talk about that heated debate, let's talk about the heat because me and Nick are from Britain and we love talking about weather, don't we? Because this was the main topic of conversation pretty much. Oh, it is hot, isn't it? Um, just quickly on it, what... what I don't know what you guys thought are on this. I, I feel like you can't win either way with Malaga kickoff times. You know, play late at night when it's a bit cooler. Um, people complain. Play in the afternoon when it's hot. People complain. Uh, what, what's the answer, Chris? Well, the answer is the all. The answer should always be um, health and responsibility. If you ask me, yeah. uh, the Malaga players. Won't mind because they train every day in this kind of weather. But you also have to do with your uh, audience in the stadium. Um, and as you know, La Rosaleda is is very warm. Um, in some parts, it's very very warm. Like if you're in the sun, it's warm. But also if you're underneath the uh, the first ring, there it's amazingly hot as well. I know from experience. So yeah, I think health should be uh, should be number one because I don't think with kids attending to the match, with um, elderly attending to the match, I don't think it's safe no. to uh, to play at that time of the day. Yes, is um, it was again. Obviously, I was in the top tier. It was very hot. I will say. Um, a friend of the podcast, so I don't think we'd want to be mentioned with this, uh, did just give up in the last 10 minutes and said it was too hot and went and stood down on the steps. Um, yeah, I think they were selling water for one euro when I think it's usually a bit more. Um, you guys can't see, they're listening. I have just changed my cap because they gave us all three La Liga caps. Um, well, not, not all. 
Some people got one. Some people. It depended on which side of the stadium okay. you were and 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 how hot it was at your part of the stadium. So was I one of the lucky ones that, that I've got this um, pretty shoddy cap? I think would have done. Obviously, I always wear a cap anyway. That's my sort of thing. So I had a cap anyway, but uh, I did take one as a memento. They gave one to you as a memento. Well, yeah, they gave it to someone else, actually. And I said, oh, maybe <laughs> I should have got one as a memento. And then they gave it to me uh, towards the end. So uh, I can always well, remember that day. It was really hot and I saw Malaga lose to Albacete. Um, Nick. But what do you think? Was it too warm? It Well... To be honest with you, I like really, really hot weather. I've lived here four years. Oh, this is the start of my fourth year. Um, yes, it was hot, but I, I can, you know, I can bear But you with it. are a, a young... Yes, of course, yeah, of course. I lab. totally agree with what you said in regards of elderly people and young children, um, definitely. So obviously I appreciate... I'm just speaking from a personal level. Yeah. I'm just used to that. If they played late at night, that doesn't bother me either, again, because... You know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm wild. I don't have a bedtime. So, um, you're a quite easy guy. I am a very easy guy. I can do, I can <laughs> we do. We know, uh, <laughs> but for our listeners, for them to know as well. Yes. Um, Nick, any thoughts on hot weather? Uh, well, I don't have had my struggles with it when, uh, we were over watching the Viagra yes. game. Um, the, my phone actually melted in in the heat, like so. And I, and I could your, not your brother also, it. your brother also had a bit uh, difficulties with the warmth, right? <laughs> yeah, my brother also melted as well. Uh, he he fell really asleep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's just in that bit, like even in the afternoon, where obviously the the sun was kind of going down a little bit. It's just boiling hot, and because there's not any cover, there's no shade, it's just, you know, it, it's it's incomparable to anything you can else have in England, so I would certainly say, you're never going to get it right, unless you put a game on at, like, 7 o'clock in the evening, Yeah, which I think is prime, that's eight. a prime spot, isn't it? I was about, literally about to say the sweet spot is 7, 8 o'clock, I think, where it's not crazy late for people with kids and things like that. And it's not really, it, it will still be hot. Like, you know, it's, it's literally called the Costa del Sol down here. Um, it's always going to be hot, but Malaga if got lowered the prices of bottles of water as well, they did. Yes. Um, to one Euro. And, and again, thank you to a, a friend of the pod who, uh, the same person I mentioned earlier, who did bring me a bottle of water when he was downstairs without asking. So that was very nice. So thank you for that. Uh, anyway, Away from the the heat to the uh, heated competition of Malaga v Albacete. If we can describe it as heated, I'm not sure if we can. But uh, we'll go to the start in 11. Uh, very... oh, you directly to the heat of the moment as well. Well, pretty much, yeah. It was a, a fiery start to the game, we'll say. Um, but uh, start in 11, very similar to the game before. Uh, Ramon came in. That was a little bit of a surprise, do you think, Nick? Um, I, I don't think he did too badly in the Miranda's game, to be fair. And obviously, it was more a situation where we, we obviously had to put Gennaro in at centre back, so someone else had to come in. And I think he's maybe the the only candidate we've got yeah, that could have done that, unless Day was to um, come in at the start. But I, just I find think... I find this interesting, Nick. It was obvious we had to put Gennaro in the centre back position. 
with this form over the last weeks, do you think it makes sense to put Gennaro there or would you put instead play Escassi there? Um, to, to be honest, I think in the way it sets up, Gennaro gives you more legs and obviously we'll come on to the first goal that Albacete scored. You know, that I, I think maybe that answers your question whether we should have Escassi there or not. Um, for, for, for me, both of them have got their negative. Neither of them are true centre-backs, in my opinion. I think... No, Gennaro played... never played there. Escassi as, as, a, as a pass playing as a centre-back. For Gennaro, it was the first time. I just don't think Escassi is a good centre-back. I, I, I think he, he... To go back to last season, maybe that challenge he made where he got himself sent off, he's, he's too slow to be a centre-back. I think, I think that's his problem. If you've got some really mm. rapid... Strikers going at him, they're just going to come on. I, I, I do think is that happened to Gennaro as well, but at least he's got I, the legs. I, I, I agree with you at some point that, that Escassi isn't a very good centre back, but I would rather play with somebody who's used to play in that position, but maybe is not the quickest, than to try something out with somebody out of form and who never played in that position. But Gennaro has played there before. Yeah, he played there a few times last season. He did, I was about to say. Well, he's done it a couple of times this season. He's not played as well. But I think maybe um, the the experience side of things going for us it isn't, isn't necessarily right. But either which way, you know, there should be a scenario there where we shouldn't really be playing either of them at centre-back, if I'm being perfectly honest. Well, you know, I know we've got four centre-backs out injured at the minute, but surely there must be somebody else there that can come in and, and do a I, job. I, To be honest, I think we're very unlucky with the four centre-backs injured. Yes. I, I think that's a situation that, that happens. And I was listening regarding to this, pod, to, to this match, I was listening to another podcast where they talk about Malaga and... I thought, wow, maybe I am a Malagista, so for me it's different. But we are, according to the other podcast, we are the most shitty team there is on this planet. So I, I, I have a different opinion about maybe a lot of other Malagistas. I, I am in line with Nick because Nick posted the opinion this week. I don't know. I think we see things different than, than, than the rest of, of the Malaga fans and another podcast, Nick. Well, well, that's it. I think, like, I, I can't really put a finger on what that's about. And I, and I posted that. And, and as you know, I sat on that all day about whether or not to post that opinion. Because you, you're just putting yourself out there, aren't you, when... There is an overwhelming opinion out there about Guede at the minute. And I've sorry, been sorry Nick, can you tell us, places. just for people who perhaps didn't see that, do, do you want to sort of, in a nutshell, sum up what that opinion you put out there was? Um, so, so, so I based it all around uh, progress and taking two steps forward, one step back. And the idea being is that despite the fact that we've had some bad results, the performances under Guede in on the whole part of it and that's the big thing to stress. It's the whole game you've got to look at. I see progress in that because back last season when it was really dire, even under Nacho Gonzalez, even under Guede towards the end, as soon as something bad happened on the pitch, the heads would drop, we'd completely capitulate and it'd be 
sulking and moaning. Now you're seeing us go, you know, a couple of goals down very early on, having a terrible spell, but then it's showing fight. It's making progress. It's going to be arduous, but this is a team that's still trying to gel, it's still trying to fit I, like a new people. I totally in. agree. With every trying to get a style of play sorted. Um, because that's the thing. This is a whole new team. Malaga signed 13 players. You can't expect them to, in in a month and a half, that it that that there's a team standing there. If you look at the first seven minutes, it's probably the worst seven minutes you will ever see in, in football with the two mistakes. Let's be honest, it was awful. But I think that those two goals come from one player on the on on, on Malaga's side who is going through a, a difficult moment in his career to say it that way. He was a great player last season, if you ask me. But that's where both goals come from. Mm. That's a mistake of Guede. I agree. He shouldn't, in my opinion, he shouldn't have started with him in that position. If you're looking at his form. But if you look what everybody's saying on the internet or in a, saying in other podcasts, I don't understand it because you can't uh, can put, you can't blame Gede of last year, of last season. You can only judge him fr- from this season till now. That's four matches, official matches. Hmm. I think it's way too early and, 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 and way too negative how people are talking about Malaga. Okay. And that's the big thing. It's like it's, 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 it's as I said in the opinion piece. You know that seven minutes was seven minutes from hell. Those other yeah. eighty-three minutes, Malaga really held their own. They they did the part. They didn't sit back and then just get pummeled by another few. Malaga uh, dominated. Yeah, you know they they dominated. They they threw everything at it. They got a goal back. You know it's um, which I know we'll come on to, but they were literally going for it until the very end. From the seven minutes. That's all you can ask for a team. If you go to a nil down, you go to a nil down. You know, it's tough. It happens. But the big difference is, is that if that had happened at the back end, if that had happened in April, it could have been three, four, five to Albacete. Okay. They've kept a minute. They've got and back into it. And I tell you what, I put on Twitter that if I had my shooting boots on on, on Sunday, I would have scored a couple of goals against Albacete. It just wouldn't go in. And sometimes that's football. It's yeah. what it's like. Okay. Um, what do you think, man? Uh, well, in regards of Guede, I think we said we might uh, talk about it a bit later. But personally, I, I sort of generally agree with what you guys say. And I, I've got to be honest with you that I'm, there's little doubts creeping in, well, a few doubts creeping into my head regarding Guede. I'm not fully um, turning on him yet, though, but... Uh, We'll perhaps, yeah, maybe we'll talk about that in the sort of last part. Um, the, yeah, I do agree, firstly, with what you said about that. I think I think it was Chris or one of you said that uh, seven minutes from hell, um, yeah, especially in the stadium. It just, I remember looking at the time and just being like, oh, my word, there's 2-0 there's already. Um, so we'll just quickly, I think, Chris, you perhaps summed the goals up uh, already, really, where... I thought Albacete, well, they, they took advantage of those um, mistakes we made really well. So that first goal, 
Um, I can't remember who gave... Was it Juan de tried to clear the ball or, or Gennaro? I can't remember which one. I think it might have been Gennaro and it went straight to them and they passed it around us. There was a bit of misfortune with that first goal because there was one pass and I think it went through Gennaro's legs and, you know, when that happens, you know you've not got a chance. And I think uh, Javi Jimenez had been dragged out of position and, you know, couldn't get back. It wasn't really his fault. Um, and they had a free header into the goal. Uh, second goal, Fransol, just just not really thinking, was he? And passed it straight to them. It was a nice pass through the defence. And, you know, they got a bit of luck again because it deflected off one of our players and up over Manolo Reina. Um but yeah, um, in regards of performance, I guess if you're talking about that, um, I've I've got to be honest with you, for the first half we were good. I didn't think we were great second half. I've got to be honest with you. I thought like we, we were dominating the second but half. But I don't well. know what, what is domination though. I think we had a bit more of the ball. Well, we had more of the ball, but Albacete was sitting back. They are centre back. Yeah, more chances. Yeah, but nothing like there was that one we hit the post. But there was no uh, the. Wasn't a small chance. No, no, of course not. Of course, and they, and they didn't have chance. And of course, they play in the way they were. They were they sort of were inviting chances. But to be honest, and with you, they... let's not forget that Albacete uh, won two matches. Yeah, they're top of the league. They're on one match. They're on top of the table now. Mm-hmm. So, I think they were they weren't that great against us. But I, I, I equally, I, I, I've got to be honest with you. I think we all said in in the ground, like the last, when it got to those last twenty minutes or so. I've got to be honest with you. I didn't. I just thought, well, this is done. There's Malaga just didn't look. And they, they are centre back. Um, um, oh, what was his name? Uh, Bayomo. Oh, we we couldn't get past him. It was just he won everything in the air. Every um, the amazing stat from this is we put in. I think I read and I wrote it down. Let me see. I think it was 32 crosses we put in. Um, I can't really remember Ruben Castro being, you know, not just Ruben Castro, any of the attackers like being on the end of 32 crosses because their centre-backs just absolutely cleaned up all everything. So although, then, although we like, might be dominant in regards of they gave us Ruben the ball. Ruben Castro comes to my knee, so it's pointless. Yeah, of to... course, but... But equally, like, they just... Well, I was there. It was a bit kick and lump, I thought, in the end. We sort of just thought, well, where they just chucked on all the attackers, which, you know, I'm not against. And, yeah, sometimes you do have to just kick it and lump it upfield. But I just... I just it, their centre-backs, well, certainly the one, I think it's Bayomo, his name was. Because um, I remember making a note of his name because I was like, this guy's brilliant. Um, yeah. Their goalkeeper's brilliant as yeah. well in losing time. He started losing time from the seventh minute. But again, this is, and the other uh, the other statistic I stumble upon, and this is quite an interesting one, that um, at the moment no team has taken more shots in the entire league than Malaga, and yeah. so it uh, there's there's sort of there's two sides to it, I guess, where like you're talking about progress and things like that. If you look at the Burgos game, we weren't less than Burgos. We had even yeah. two chances, great chances. Which should have been two goals in the Burgos match. True, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't think Burgos, Burgos, Burgos wasn't better than us. No, that game was. A, I think they I, slightly better, but nothing major. But we we definitely deserved the 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 to to draw that match. Football doesn't always give you what you deserve, of course. 
But I think we deserved the draw in that match. But equally, you could say the difference in those games is that their goalie, who is, seems to be having an excellent uh, start to the season, it was also called Caro, I think, isn't he? Um, he was brilliant, yeah. and I was made a silly mistake in that game. So you could argue, yes. well, that's that, Agree. that, that, that Agree. suggests they should win because their goalie was better, you could argue. Um, Los Palmas, we were horrible. Yes. Horrible. I, there's nothing I can say about that match. We played Mirandes, we played pretty great. If you ask me, we didn't deserve to to lose last, uh, was it Saturday Sunday? Sunday. Sunday either. Mm. Uh, I see progression, I see it. And then, the other thing is, we have four centre-backs injured. True. We have one centre-back left, which was Juan De, who's also not in his best moment of his career. So we had Juan De left, he played a decent match. And the moment Renato came off, we didn't get in any trouble in the second half with the opposite uh, strikers. Yes. Um, perhaps going back to the action and certainly what you were just saying about taking Gennaro off um, or making some substitutions, we can talk about in a second. Uh, we did pull one back, as you've both noted, in uh, I think it's the 17th or 18th minute uh, Actually, a great ball. We're talking about crossing. Great ball from uh, Juan Fran, I think. And good header from Escassi saved. And Escassi scores the rebound. It was good to see him score as well. I think when we signed him, we talked about, oh, he'll give us a few goals a season. And maybe he hasn't scored as much as we would have liked. So it's good to see him on the score sheet again. And uh, and also the, his reaction of running again the ball to get us going. Um I was going to talk about Iskassi a bit more uh, later. Um, and yeah, I thought, that, like like I said, I thought we were good the first half. I thought we could have got it to two all. Um, then we made our substitutes, um, Hosebed and then Daye coming on. Um, I, I thought, I know Nick messaged in the group. And I, I, I read one of, I can't remember which, it might have been Eldez Marque, who always gives player marks at the end of the game. And they gave him like a four or five in Daye. And I was like, what? I thought he was excellent. I can't really remember him giving the ball away. I think at all. So that surprised me. Um, do, do we have anything to add on Ndaye that we haven't said already, um, Nick? It, well, well, like you say, it was just quality on the ball. And it was a bit weird, really, because it seemed to me that like whenever the ball came into Ndaye, kind of like time slowed round around him mm. or whether players were standing off him. But he just always had time to, you know, turn outwards, pick a pass, calmly as you like. And uh, again, I think that's what maybe feeds through to this argument that we were dominant, as you say, Chris, because we, we had so much possession of the ball. We controlled it well. We were putting crosses in, but obviously not getting much um, success of breaking through their back line. So, you know, like I say, he's a, he's a player maybe in the polar opposite to Hosebed because he came on and again didn't offer. Uh, just seems to be a bit of a pass. He seems to be there for fun. If it, if that's like a, a a thing for Malaga, you can just go and play for a bit and pick up some wages. Um, Manolo, um, I'm we right all have that colleague, right? Who comes to work and then checks in and then disappears. Doesn't <laughs> do much. You, you don't see him. Don't, you don't hear him. He doesn't run much. Doesn't work hard. We all have that yeah. that colleague. You, I see you go both smiling. We uh, all know someone that does that, and yeah, then goes home and got the paycheck. 
Yeah. <laughs> he is, um... He gets his paycheck and then... Well, the Gozo bit is our one in Malaga. Yeah. There's, yeah. Honestly, I'm, and I'm not exaggerating here, I saw him come on at half-time. I'd sort of forgotten he was on. And I think in around the 80th minute, we had a corner below where I sit. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Hosebed. Where, where's he been for the last? And I was trying to think, did he come on half-time? I'd sort of forgotten. Or has he been on all game? I just can't remember seeing him. And, um, like, in dying. You know, but- when, I, when I noticed him, that's even worse. I was, after the match, I was, um, uh, we get all those those videos and things from uh, Malaga Club to Football. And... And I saw uh, an interview with a player, and it was Gosabet. <laughs> and I thought, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah, he played. Yeah, he was in the. He came on the pitch on uh, in, 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 after the after the break. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just quickly, just one more thing I was going to mention about Endaya because I think you sort of just hinted at it, Nick. The thing that stood out in the stadium was his positioning. Because there's a few times when Albacete, obviously, were trying to catch us on the counter-attack. And he always seemed to be in the right place. And he always seemed to be in loads of space to get the ball. It was really weird. It was, um, yeah, I was very, very, you know, he was quite an exciting player. Not exciting to watch, but, you know, exciting for us going forward in regards of we've got a bit more of a safety net in that position. So hopefully he starts the next game. Um, just quickly. I, I, if you say him... Behind Fabas and Gaillard, hmm. I'm I'm very excited about that midfield trio. I think that's got the freedom to give Fabas um, a, a lot of running room. You know, if you've got someone behind you that's so assured and that you can trust to cut down anything that's going to get in behind you, you're going to play with so much more confidence. And I think again, that's something that's missing from Fabas's game so far this season is the fact that he's having to. Be conservative with what he's doing because I don't think he's got the support behind him at the minute. Yeah, and Febas and Gallardo I thought were quite interesting this game, and actually I felt a bit sorry for them because they seem to be asked to sort of play out on the wing, but sort of push inside as well. And when I was looking at those stats about crossing, I'd be interested to see who was the one doing most of the crossing because I think Gallardo was always cutting in and trying to whip one in and. Um, poor Javi Jimenez, I, I think I said to someone um, towards the end of the game, just not through lack of trying. The guy was going up and down and trying his best, but every time he got the ball, it just it just wasn't happening for him. It bounced off him it, or crossed. He nearly scored again, though, didn't he? He like, might. You know, talk, talk about um, buses and goals and things like that. Yeah, Obviously, true. he just scored his first professional goal against Mirandes, but there was one where it dropped to him, I think it was like just after the 80th minute from a corner. And he oh, tried yes. to catch it on the volley, and he just completely spooned yes. it. You know, yeah. like I forgot great about that. Great bit of commentary, I remember, from the 90s, where it was Colin Murdoch, and he went, oh, that's why he's a centre-back, because he couldn't finish. And it was the same for Javi Jimenez, but it's just interesting to see how many opportunity he, opportunity he's getting. And did you, see, did you guys see what he did with the two defenders? Don't think I did. Go on. He sent them in the woods. There were two players... He gets the ball and then makes his action and then leaves them looking because it looks like he's going through the uh, corner flag. Yes, I do remember this. And he sort of cut through the middle of them. He cut through the middle. Yeah. He said, bye-bye. That was good, actually. I'd forgotten about that. But yes, I do remember the stadium 
sort of getting up on their feet when that happened. Uh, that was one of the things he did which went his way, actually, because there was a lot of other things where it just wasn't happening for him. Again, just just one of those days, I think, where... Um, you know, we, it, I think he happen. was one of the better ones. Yeah, not like I mean, he was. All, he had lots of the ball, I thought, and you know, he was getting good yeah. positions. But again, I think I, I'd be surprised when again going back to those thirty-two crosses. I think he was probably put in quite a few of them, and they didn't yeah. quite come off. I, I don't know but exactly, but I think if you give him like all the confidence he needs, because last season he wasn't like our hmm. our back. To, there was a lot of switching, also on his side. Yes. I think if you give give him the full confidence, keep him on the on 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 the pitch, he will do better every week. Yes, I I think yeah I think he's been one of our better players in the start of this season. Um, I think. You and know. we don't have to forget we still have uh, Bialba, who's also yes came from a big injury, but. Once he gets match fit, that's a, like a fine, fine player. I hope so, indeed, yes. I, he's the one that I just so had a good feeling about. So, yeah, I, I agree, Chris. If we can just get him right, then we should be, you know, we have a good player on our hands. Um, I think we've talked about, you know, the performance in general, so I don't think we need to cover that again. Um there's one player, I might perhaps bring it up in the next part, I, I just wanted to ask about and get your opinions, but I'll save it for the next section. Um, let's do our Chumbo and Biznagas for this game. Uh, I'll go to you first, Nick, with your Chumbo, which for those that don't know is the player we think played with. Uh, I think it's got to go to Gennaro, unfortunately for him. You know, I do feel bad for doing so, um, but I just think, like you say, he's made... Some bad errors there. He's looked a lot. He's looked very lost at times, and that, especially that first opening seven minutes. And you know, obviously, with him being withdrawn when he was, you know, it's uh, chumbo worthy, unfortunately. So I'd go Gennaro. Yeah, and I, I'm going to say Gennaro too. He was the the one that jumped. We again, I think we talked about this last week. Could have picked Hosebed again for the same reasons we picked him last week, where he just disappeared. So uh, I'll be interested to see if. Uh, Chris has gone with him again this week. But who are you going with, Chris? It feels bad going with Gennaro. I don't know why. Normally, I don't care play, I don't care giving players a uh, chumbo. But Gennaro feels wrong somehow. Okay. But I'm you giving it to him anyway. Face, <laughs> you could see in his face, like even last week when he gave the penalty away, this week where, you know, if you see the replay, you can just see him, like, him just look, so like really deflated with his own performance. I don't know if he's carried a knock or something for that. Maybe I'm not too sure, but yeah, definitely. Honorable mention as well for um I don't know about you. I'm not overly sold on Manolo Arena. Okay. This is the player I wanted to bring up. <laughs> I, I have the same thing. Um yeah, and it it he looks the part. He sounds the part. It's, yeah. it's very much like it's eighty percent is how you look, twenty percent is how you Sound and only ten percent is what you do, and the ten percent, unfortunately for me, he's got a bloody crick in him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's. Uh, I think positionally, he's shocking. Um, I, I think I, you know, the first goal we conceded this season, the goal against Burgos, where he sort of came for it and then realised he wasn't getting there, and then they crossed in and scored. Um, yeah, there's something he made. He made one brilliant save in this game, though, actually, but. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm yeah, really. That's, that's it, isn't it? It's I'm like really he, he is capable. Yes, I'm yeah. really not convinced by it. It seems like the easy balls. He, he he. With the with the easy ones, he makes mistakes, mm. and with the difficult difficult ones, he he he, he gets them out somehow. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't fill me with confidence. And, you know, we've got a pretty shaky defence at the moment. I, I don't know if they feel the same. I'm not sure. But uh, but maybe that's also a part of him not being confident or mm. him making mistakes. Yes. Well, I think Somehow. I think it's been mentioned, like, from, you know, I don't think it's uncommon for him to be this way. Mm. Uh, you know, I think yeah. he said that about his time in Mallorca as well. You know, he, he, he was capable of a howler from time to time and you know sometimes he was great sometimes he was very poor the fact is you've got to take him out of the firing line eventually you know just because he's senior just because he's 37 just because he's from Malaga doesn't mean that he has to play every single game no but then it's, I think uh, what options do we have we have Janis well, well yeah this uh, Ruben Janis seems to be interesting he's, he's not got a lot of senior experience but again you don't end up on the books of Real Madrid if you're not half decent Yes. So, you know, why not give him a... It can't be any worse, can it? I, I'm missing uh, our friend Danny Stinton. Indeed, yes. I'm missing our friend Danny Martin. I'm missing all <laughs> the Dannys. <laughs> no, not all the Dannys. Yeah. I don't miss Danny Barker. No, I'm not so big on him either. Um, actually, you're going to mention him in the next part as well, Danny Barrio, because I remembered something from last season linked to Huesca. Um, let's try and end on a positive then, guys. Uh, Biznaga... Who are we going with, um, Nick? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Alberto Escassi for a poacher's goal. Uh, and you wanted him to be a centre-back, Chris. Did that, no, I that don't want him header, to see... That first I class. I don't want him to be a centre-back, but I prefer him as a centre-back above uh, Gennaro. And besides... We are all scared of uh, Escassi, so I think a lot of players will be uh, scared of him as well. Yes. I would give him the ball. I would pick up the ball and stay here. <laughs> it was his initial header, to be fair, that, and that deserved the goal. Yeah. Like I say, it was so wonderfully taken. But, but besides the goal, he was everywhere. He gave like 150%. Escassi was the best man on the pitch for Malaga. Yeah, he, he's my uh, Biznaga too. I think, I think actually... It's his best game in quite a long time. I think he's. I don't think we've ever said he doesn't try, but he. Can't. He's always there. Yes, he Last is. Last season he was unlucky with the loads of red cards, yellow <laughs> cards. Ah, oh, silly as guys. He got every card, yeah. postcards, <laughs> every card there is. He, he went for it. <laughs> yeah, he's. Um, but yeah, this this was I think his best game probably since the first half of last season. I thought he was really good. Um, you could see him on the pitch, like talking all the time. Like, actually, seemed to be like he seemed to be like a captain. He was doing the captain's job perfectly. Um, so, you know, long may that continue. Um, we should perhaps mention what happened at the end of the game. We're going to talk about it more in the next section about our thoughts on whether where they should stay or go. But there were calls at the end of the game of pretty much as soon as the final whistle went there'd be no chanting about it during the game because I think you know our fans are incredible and they were behind the team all the way but as soon as the whistle went just erupted with um Gwede Vetia Gwede Vetia um so maybe in the next section we can talk about whether we are Gwede Vetia or whether we're Pablo Gwede 
Puede. So let's go and talk about that upcoming game against Huesca. So this coming Sunday night, Malaga travel north to take on Huesca. Um, what you know? They, what do we what do we know about Huesca? Because obviously, I've not watched them at all this season. I sort of know where they are in the league and in regards of form. Uh, Nick, do you have any insight on Huesca? Uh, nothing massively, if I'm being perfectly honest. I know they've had a pretty jaded start to the season. Uh, as of way, I think they only picked up their first win of the season um, this weekend, just gone. So, yeah, it's uh, probably not all positive up in Aragon. Yeah, is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. It's near Zaragoza, so I assume it's in Aragon <laughs> as well. Um, forgive us if we've got that bit of Spanish geography wrong, but it's near Zaragoza. Um, yes, they're, so they're 15th in the league, as you said, Nick. They've only... Uh, they only got their first win this past week, where they beat Ibiza three nil. Um, Ibiza ju- very, very, very sad. Yeah, not doing well. They have not started well at all. No, but they- I think they're they're one of the teams that are going down. But Interesting. The, but the San Alito, so everything's looking rosy, and they also yeah, signed but- a player called Coke, <laughs> which yeah. is um, very uh, apt. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it'll be. I, I I don't know. I think there's. We have Ruben Castro, and we signed uh, Gajar, and we signed uh, Villalba, and we signed. Uh, and, and we're still doing not so good. So true. Yeah, they, they. I think they've got a. You know, they've got a very ambitious owner behind them, haven't they? So I think he won't let them go down. He'll just keep getting rid of managers till he finds the one and then he'll spend money in January. So I think Ibiza will be fine. But yeah, they've not started uh, great. Um, no, they, they lost against Alba 30-1, same as uh, we did. Yeah. And they lost against Huesca. Yes. Uh, sorry, uh, against Cartagena. Mm-hmm. Yes, and... Uh, and then they drew the first game of the season against uh, yeah. ten men Levante, so uh, which I think was the very first game of the ge- um, yeah. first game of the season, if I remember rightly. What kick started this segunda? Um, yeah, they just seem to be. So I was trying to sort of dig into them a bit, and there's not really much to say from a sort of. You know, I'm sure there is if you're a Huesca fan. So apologies if you are a Huesca fan listening. Um, from our well, we could say they've they've got their obviously they had Zigander is their new manager um, who did so well with Oviedo last season, and they do have Malaga old boy who we we liked on this podcast a couple of seasons ago, uh, Joaquin Munoz. Uh, do we still like Joaquin Munoz, Chris? I don't think he's dead. That good, to no. be honest. No, he didn't exactly light the league up last year, did he? Um, no. I, I seem to remember him almost scoring from about 35 yards against us last year when Danny Barrio, I think, kicked the ball to him and he was off his line. But uh, yeah, I remember, because I don't know if... Actually, last year, speaking of Ibiza, I did go to Ibiza v Huesca and uh, he was quite good in that mm. game, actually, Joaquin Munoz. He scored, if I remember rightly, actually. But uh, yeah. They play 4 for 2 Maybe that's worth mentioning. Well, I, 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 yeah, if they do, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I know. Okay, cool. 
there's your there's your deep dive into <laughs> West Ham. Yes. Um, uh, we should say. I, I, as, sorry, Nick. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say. I think they're obviously a team that have got a lot of um, hopes for this season hmm. uh, with the appointment of the manager they did. Um, I think the big thing that that has gone missing for them is they haven't really managed to replace. Um, Jaime Sione, is that what it was called? He was a midfielder who, who basically scored all their goals last yeah. season, but he seems to be a big miss for them. And so Blanco Lechuk, right? They're Blanco Lechuk, if I was... Yes, I think... Or was that Ibar? I, get, I always get Huesca and Ibar mixed up because they're both in the north and wear the same shirts. Um, I can't remember, but... Uh, I don't care. They, they, they finished 13th last year, but yes. obviously they were... They they were you know they expected a bit more last season so it'll be interesting to see um, they have one point more than more, how yeah. they do this season yeah um, yeah we drew nil nil with them at home last year and um, we lost two nil away oh sorry the other way around we drew nil nil up there and um, when Jose Alberto was still the manager and we lost two nil at uh, sure. La Rosaleda and actually I think that might have been Nacho Gonzalez is one but last game as manager certainly his last home game what uh, do you guys think for Malaga how should we play what players should play but should they wear should they wear the second uh, kit oh yeah that's true or should they wear the third kit I guess we'll have to wear the third kit surely because the sort of reddishness of the really we should wear the home shirt because that's probably the least yeah. clash um, so I can answer that one in regards of starting eleven. Um, I, I think we we stick with the four four two. Yes, it worked against Mirandes. Um, Play in the IJ. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I don't, I don't. I know we mentioned him earlier. It'd be great if uh, Andres Caro is properly fit again. I'd love Andres to see Andres Caro with Juan I'd love to see that, but I do agree, Chris. I don't think we can have. Gennaro playing centre back again, and if I had to choose right now, and we've got to, you know, we have no other option apart from Escassi. I'd rather Escassi drop back there just for this game and uh, um, put Endaya in at centre midfield for this game. Um, I really hope he starts anyway instead of uh, maybe Ramon just uh, away from home. Yeah, because Bustincha, uh, Burgos, and Ramalho won't make it. Uh... Yes. For Wesker, so and we should. I say, hope they will be there the week after. But and we, I don't think we've mentioned this yet. So forgive me if we have that. Uh, Luis Munoz is back in training as well. Um, I know, oh yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, I know it. I don't. I think I read it's not full training yet. So I'd be very surprised if he's going to start. But actually, I think we've done this. He's with, another player who can play centre back. Definitely, and played well there too. But I think we've done this with Luis Munoz a few times where we gone. <laughs> ah, we yes. forgot about him. Well, no, no. I mean, like where we said, oh, he probably won't be fit for the weekend. And there he is in the start on 11. Yeah. So, uh, we'll... and, 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 and besides that, he plays spectacular. Yes. Because that's what he did last time. We said, Oh, he probably won't make it. Then he was there. He played, and he was one of the best on the pitch. I think that. But might then have again, been, it was last season, so. I think that might have been the game away in Tenerife when we just suddenly, yeah, it was good for a game. I think that was the game he came back. And actually, I've got a feeling Andres Caro. Oh no, Juan Day played in that game. He made his comeback too. We had the both of them. Uh, what about you, Nick? Is there anything you would really change for this game? Because something surely got to change a little bit. Um. We- 
You know what? No, I don't think I would. I think I think the 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 four four two seems to be going. It seems a bit more like a Wenger four four two in in my opinion. You know, especially with Fabes and Gaillard playing a bit more advanced. But if you can put and die, would you try and start with uh, Vialba? No. I think you've got too much creativity with Alex Fabas and Gaillard that you would you would miss one of them starting. I think I think Gaillard wasn't that good last last weekend. I I, I, I liked him to be fair. I thought he was okay. I, th- I, I don't think he went hiding either, which is quite good. No, he um, wasn't a hose of bed. No, he wasn't a hose of bed. But I think if you can start Escassi and Ndai together. You know, the fact that then you could push Eskassi up if needed, he can drop back in if needed, and then you've got that calmness and that Rolls-Royce nature, if we're going to get some football cliches involved <laughs> today, of uh, Alfred and Day, then, uh, yeah, I think we've got a, a winning formula there. And I think just, you know what, I know I said before we need another striker just to back up Fran Solom, Ruben Castro, but let those two go at it all season because they've got some chemistry. Um, I think I think I we, like have to give, we have to give we have to give Lorenzo a bit more time though. Yes, I think it's funny when I was like looking at the team and again or when I was looking at the team Sunday, especially Gaillard who was cutting inside a lot. And again, I thought he was a bit hit and miss on Sunday, but like you said, Nicky, he, he was certainly not um, going hiding. The one I think no, is, but I think Fiola also wouldn't go. Well, I'm, I'm sort of looking at, I was going to make a different point in regards to that, but th- those two playing out on the wing, or sort of wingers, I know they weren't properly wingers, I think we can have one of them out there, but I would still think, do you know the one, I, the player that would make a difference, and I know I've perhaps said this before, I know I'm not going to say Kevin, I'm not, but I'm going to say someone that is in our team still, if we could get Heacham fit, I think he'd be great in this team. Just as, Heacham is not in our team again. Well, I know, but, but like, like, but I mean, if we could get him sorted, it'd be a powerful outlet. Yeah. You know Just, and then, if I'm looking honest at the situation, I don't see him getting fit. There's something off ever there, in it? his ever in his career. There's something really, really off with what's going on with him. I don't know what it is, but yes, I, I'm starting. But to don't that forget, way. we also have Haitam. Yes, who I saw score a lovely goal in training this week on, I think, social media. So I for- We also forgotten. forget about Haitam. Yes, because um, he started the bit last year, didn't he? And uh, yeah. and and even, I, I don't know, it, the, the name we spoke about a lot at the start of last season was David LaRubia, and he seems to have gone missing a bit too. So mm. uh, Got Danny Lorenzo as Danny well. Lorenzo, let's you know, I think David LaRubia has uh, gone... Oh, he has, of course he has. Yes, you are right. He went to um, he went to a, quite a good team, didn't he, in the division below? But I can't remember which, like someone like, not Cordoba, but someone like that. Um, I can't remember. Um, I'll have to look at that. Uh, what did you say? Merida. Merida, that's right. I knew, I knew it was like a big city. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah Danny Lorenzo. Also, the thing I don't understand about last match is we still have Musa, the youngster. Ah, yes, of Who's course. Who's the yeah. centre-back? Why didn't we play start with Musa? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Guede, like, well, we could talk about in regards to transfer policy. Um, we have gone for experience, haven't we? And obviously some of our, you know, uh, Kevin and Paulinho and, well, Brandon's not a youngster, no. but they've been sort of 
pushed aside. So the thing, the thing I have with I, I think I wrote it in my opinion, is that I have the feeling that last summer we went for uh, everything they offered us, all the players we got offered, and this season we, it feels like Manolo Gaspar had a plan and names on his list, and then went signing them. Maybe, yeah. Um, well, I, I suppose this leads us in nicely, then, because we said we'd perhaps finish with it. Um, Pablo Guede, Veteja, that's what a lot of the stadium, actually the majority of the stadium, were chanting on Sunday afternoon. Um, what do we think, before we perhaps talk about our own views here, if we were to lose away at Huesca this coming weekend, do you think that could be it for him? No. No? What about you, Nick? No, No, I think um, Manolo Gaspar came out and said as much earlier this week, didn't he? He said, you know, there's no... um, A vote of confidence, though. It's never a good sign. Yeah, well, well, that's it. I suppose one thing that's been said could mean completely something else, but it's like, you know, even he's kind of noting that the the project is underway. There's going to be bumps in the road. He didn't expect to be where they are, but he says that the dressing room is a lot better than it was and and, and and he can see progress as well. So it depends how true to his word he is and, and, and whether the, the, I suppose, the fan element of it come comes into his decision-making maybe. But um, but yeah, I think to be fair, if it, if it was to go wrong against Wesker away, I don't think this would be the one that would hmm. um, see him go. I think there's I, a I will... games coming up that maybe would be more of a shock to 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 come on, you know talk about you know home games up against you know Villarreal Bay, uh, Andorra for example. Though Andorra are flying, so who are we to say as of Villarreal Bay? So yes, I would say I would give him six more matches. Okay, that that seems quite reasonable because obviously uh, they do seem a bit trigger happy in the Segunda, and I don't. The, it doesn't take long in Spain, in Spanish football, it seems, for a crowd to turn. That, that's my observation um, compared to maybe back home. Um, I will say, just I was quite curious um, earlier. We talk. I think we mentioned Nacho Gonzalez very briefly earlier. Um, if you look at the records of both managers, so Nacho Gonzalez lasted uh, ten games and got one win and six losses. Uh, Guedes on twelve games now and has seven losses already. He does have three wins, so it's not like a million but miles off the ra- I, his record. But you, 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 you have to start counting from this season because when Guedes stepped in, no other manager would have stepped in. Probably, he stepped in at the worst moment with the worst team under the worst conditions, a team that he didn't create or that didn't play his vision on football. He came in like at the last moment in a in a team who were playing for um, okay. relegation. So then if we're going off that theory, which I think is a, a pretty sound theory, then your six games, you just said, Chris, that would give him 10 games and then we yes. could really have a look at him um, and make a decision because, uh, yeah, I do agree. But then you could say, let's look at what he's done this season and that's three losses, one win. So, yes. so it's, um, I've got to be honest with you, there's little doubts creeping into my head with him. I'm not, you know, fully shouting out um, Guedavete yet. Um, 
I, I think the, the the big thing that goes against him for me at the moment, and you're right, like this is a pretty much a new team, and he's had had you know they have to embed players and work on tactics together. But my only slight concern is we did put this team together pretty quickly. It was pretty nailed like early on in July. So he has had a lot of time with them on the training ground. I know that doesn't always translate on the pitch, but that's that's the little doubt that's in my head, I will say. So um the doubt I have is that I and I don't know if it's right. I think they maybe have been training too much in preseason, two training sessions a day. I believe uh two matches on, on a day. Maybe they have it was a bit too much the preseason of Malaga. But but then my my sort of comeback to that would be I don't think our issue is I don't think we look tired. I think we look a little bit well not a little bit no. in a couple of games we look a bit all over the shop defensively. But in we are looking at four injuries or five injuries. That's a fair point. Yes, that is a good point actually. So yes, I suppose Which, that should play a part. So early in the season. Yeah. I find quite strange. And and all I think, new players. Yeah, sorry, Nick, go on. Yeah. I think one of the big differences is and the thing is you can only look at what goes on around you. You can only look at the other teams that are being successful at the minute. And the difference is is that those teams at the top, so take Las Palmas for example, um with is it Piemimenta or whatever it's called. Um they seem to have a lot more tactical nous about them. They seem to be able to transition in play during the game very easily. And that's something that I agree with you with, Matt. It's coached on the training ground, whereas we seem to be able to want to trust players to go and perform their best. But then there's nothing that necessarily changes. Like saying, chasing that game against Albacete, we ended up with, I think, two defenders on the pitch and, yeah. and they sitting back and we had, you know, seven attackers on kind of going for the draw. And it's a lot more haphazard. But the one thing I'll give to Gweddy is that he, he he's much more of a a man manager than any of the previous managements yes. that we've got. He seems to be getting the players to want to play for him. And I think that's what Malaga need, really. And also, I think, like, I know when he first joined Malaga towards the end of last season, and I think even before we'd had a game, um, we we were sort of a bit in love with him. And then that Valladolid game where we played so well and drew two all in the end, we're like, oh, this is great. I think he's very good in that because I, I fall for all that. If a manager says the right thing, um, I love all that. I I'm, I know I do and I'm pathetic and stuff like that. So I still think if he has Nobody done, calls you pathetic. No, no. But I mean, in regards of my sort of, I don't know, the football romantic in me, if you've got a manager saying the right things and passionate Argentinian, um, I, I go along with that. And I think if it wasn't for that, I might be more further down the line of Guedavetia than I am. But I just like yeah. him. So I... I think that's he's he's got uh, personality, hasn't he? That's yeah, his yeah. big thing. Nacho Gonzalez, maybe it's because he followed Nacho yeah, Gonzalez I think so. as well. He was as boring as a bloody wet paint wall or a, or a <laughs> sentence of that nature. <laughs> he was just like that in his bloody canary-knitted jumpers on the sideline with, with the same expression on his face for 90 minutes. <laughs> with Gwede, he's up, he's down, he's crouching, he's wearing Dolce Gabbana <laughs> shoes, he's shouting. This weekend, he was just, he looked like he'd rolled out of bed <laughs> did, yeah. with, with his white shirt and his shorts on. But and but even better, if you listen to his press conference, says, they are great. Against Las Palmas, for example, 
uh, one of the journalists asked him a question and Gerda said, I didn't see you for a while. Were you on holiday? <laughs> and the journalist said, because the journalist said, I didn't like the match, so uh, I d it was awful. And then he asked the question and then without responding to the question, giving an answer to his question, he said, were you on holiday? <laughs> and the journalist said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fun. Where did you go on holiday? <laughs> And then the the journalist answered him. He said, oh, nice. Did you have a good time? Yes, yes. <laughs> a very good holiday. Okay, said Gwede. So you didn't see the match. Um, <laughs> so, so you can't ask me anything about it. And then the guy said, I did watch it on, on holiday. And he said, no. Why would you? You're on holiday. You're not working. Why would you watch the match? So... You see, that, that, that's won me back over. I, I'm on board again. Pablo Guede Puede. <laughs> well, well, this is it. And this is maybe one of the reasons why he, you know, we assume the reason why he signed so many experienced seasoned players. That it must be to do with that we don't want them going out uh, on the lash on, uh, on a Saturday night. Yeah. Because that's what we've had previously. Maybe it's more to do with his own tactics and his own coaching method is he wants experienced players who know how to do a job that he can rely on that he doesn't need to necessarily coach too much he doesn't need to drill them because he knows they can do a job yeah that's so worrying maybe it's like say it's more about the man management side of things the passion side of things the right voice the motivational side of things that's more important oh. to him than the actual the, the thing I have is that drills. we have Ruben Castro who is our top signing and our striker Right, we expect a lot from him. The way we are playing now, I'm not sure if that's the right way to play Ruben Castro to get the ball to him. I quite like him with Fransal up top. Yeah, but I think I, I, I think it's too much uh, long balls yeah. into the box. I'd agree with or, that. Or I I don't think that's the way how you should play him or yeah. how you give should give assist to him yeah in the Miranda's game we did sort of fine putting crosses in but they were much sort of lower crosses weren't they and we'd work it around the box a bit better um yeah he's been really good to like sort of coming alive when there's a bit of passage like around the box like that one where yes. I think it was if he flicked in Fairbass or was the other way around I can't remember and uh like last game so yeah I agree I think we can find a bit more, work out a better strategy with Ruben Castro, um, definitely. So um, just before we wrap things up then, guys, we'll just get a definitive answer. I'm going to say I'm still Pablo Guede Puede for now. Uh, Nick, are you Pablo Guede Puede or uh, Guede Vettia? I'm, I'm very much still Pablo Guede Puede okay. at the moment, I think. And Chris, He's got to have some time. And Chris, what about you? I'm Pablo Guede Puede as well. Excellent. I have a question, Nick. Do you want to say sorry for something you did this week or or not to our Spanish listeners? With the with the kids, the filter. What? Oh yeah. Oh, well, I, you know what? No, no, I'm not going to say sorry. Oh, the kids. <laughs> Explain it then. What happened? Well, yeah. So so basically, uh, sat on Canva, you you assigned me this task of. And you and you and I get I don't know about you, Matt, but I get these texts from Chris no, that start with basically it says Nick. Yes. And I go, oh God, what's he going to ask? That's now? your name, right? <laughs> just, Next week I will I will call you Melvin. 
and he goes, Nick, I've had a great idea. I want to do a picture with all the this season's squad on it, and I've built it all together, made it look really nicely. And it was his filter that's on it. And I noticed that it wasn't the same as the other ones, but the pictures were different because they were the official photography and then there was the, you know, cool match photography that they do for the, uh, you know, Dia de Partido uh, imagery. So I knew it was slightly off blue. I never thought for a minute that the actual Spanish people would pick it up and slag it off and basically say that I'd made a Valladolid yeah. uh, <laughs> poster and absolutely slate me for it. But it was too late to change it. I didn't know how to change it back into sort of the, 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 the normal blue. And uh, yeah. and I didn't want Nick to change it because I liked it and I didn't care. I liked it as well. It had a nice right. little sepia effect. Yes, I, I, because else it was it was going to be very blue. <laughs> but now we were we, we became like very famous like uh, <laughs> Well, I, I think it was the Pusela team. Are you uh, guys uh, a Valladolid podcast? I think it was, we were trying to represent that we wanted Malaga to go through a purple patch over the next few games. And uh, yeah, that was what Let's we Let's go with that. Let's but then that. There, were, the there, were, there were 10 horrible um, 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 comments and, and two, I believe, two horrible uh, retweets. Um, but there were 127 or 130 likes. So there you go. Oh. All publicity is good publicity uh, in, in, in my book. And it got the name out there a little bit further afield into, into the, the Spanish-speaking realm of, uh, of Malaga supporters. So let's go for it. Next season, I'll do it in um, black and white. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There'll be no messing around. And then everyone will be like, oh, you were Cartagena podcast. Yeah, or Malaga <laughs> from Newcastle. <laughs> right, OK, on that uh, bomb. OK, show. bye, see you next week. There you go. No, joking. Well, that, 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 that's what I was about to do. So, uh, okay. uh, there you go. Chris Marquez, uh, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Is Alex back next week? I'll, I'll ask him. I was, I was bracing. Oh, it's not going to be a phone call here now. <laughs> no, no, no. I was, I was sort of semi-thinking, where might he drop a phone call in here? But I, I no. sort of dropped my guard eventually. Uh, <clears throat> yes, uh, hopefully we'll have uh, Alex back to regale us with his... Uh, Latin American and American stories because I think he's in Miami now um, pole dancing we, last time we saw him <laughs> <laughs> which uh, yeah don't, which don't... is some feat for a six foot nine man to be yeah, pole dancing it was, it was yeah. impressive um, yeah if, if you do follow Alex on Instagram normally can... Alex is the pole alright <laughs> 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 oh, I always say we should avoid uh the yeah, you're only young once. You can yeah. only be yeah. the pole once. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually someone when he was sort of I don't know how we'd describe his pole dancing technique. There was a guy behind him that was sort of debating whether to put his arms on Alex and then was just sort of going like way like enjoying Alex's dancing. But yes, um he can tell us all about his pole dancing next week or certainly soon. He's he'll he'll be back soon. Um yeah, and, uh, don't lie. and uh thank you, Nick. No, thank you guys for, for hanging on. I know that uh, it's a, a late evening over there now for you and my two and a half hour drive back from Newcastle was very much delayed by gammon and mash for tea. Um, mm. and I, if I think, if I didn't have eaten it, I might have been talking about a divorce tonight. So uh, yeah, cheers to you boys. You've saved my marriage. Lovely gammon and mash. Good, good that your wife looks so good after you. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Very uh, I have one last thing. All oh, right, of Can course. I? <laughs> 
Okay. Thank you all for voting. And that's all. And subscribe, like, follow us everywhere, or don't follow us. It's, it's what you want. Yeah, do what you want. But uh, would be I, nice. I think influencers and streamers are always very like, follow me. I don't care. Do what you want. But there's a possibility to follow us. Yes. That's all. Can. Bye. See you next week. There you go. Bye. See you next week. Thank you. Uh, yes. Thank you for listening to the Gary Cast, everyone. I've been Matt Harrison. Adios, and as always, vamos Malaga.